Long History Henry Hudson, Journey 2, Part 4 Leaving the Land of the Midnight Sun How did New York's famous river, the Hudson, and Canada's vast Hudson Bay get their names? Find out the full details of Henry Hudson's four historic journeys here. Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. This is the place to be if you want to listen to the sources of history. We take documents written by eyewitnesses to events and serialise them into 10 minute chunks or so. And now we've got a wide range of series of famous journeys, including the 30 part journal of the first voyage of Columbus, one of the earliest explorations of the mainland of today's United States by Hernando de Soto in 25 parts, and an expedition headed by Manco Loaiza, one of the earliest attempts by a European to cross the Pacific, in eight parts, in a series called After Magellan. Now it's worth adding that each episode of Long History should stand alone, though you can string them together into full series if you want. And here we're looking at Henry Hudson's diverse voyages and northern discoveries. There are four journeys in total in this document, and at the moment we're covering the second journey. This is the one where Henry Hudson tried to find a northeast passage around Russia to the Far East. But by this episode, his journey has already reached its limits and now he's turning round and heading home. There are 25 parts in total to this series, so please subscribe to be informed of the release of the remaining episodes, with Hudson's most famous and most dramatic adventures beginning in the next episode. And so as we begin this episode, Hudson has made it as far east as he can, reaching the Novaya Zemlya Islands and the Vygat Island to the north of Russia in the Arctic Circle. However, he's already decided that he can't find a northeast passage to the Far East, and so he's returning home. There's a brief attempt at the beginning of this episode to find another route to the east, via a place that appears on Henry Hudson's maps called Willoughby's Land, but he's soon forced to give up on that attempt. So here we go with Henry Hudson, Journey 2, Part 4, Leaving the Land of the Midnight Sun. And my purpose was, now, to see whether Willoughby's land were, as it is laid in our cards. Which, if it were, we might find morses on it, for with the ice they were all driven from hence. This place upon Nova Zembla is another then that the Hollanders call Costin Sarge, discovered by Oliver Brownwell, and William Barrenson's observation doth witness the same. It is laid in plot by the Hollanders out of his true place too far north. To what end I know not, unless to make it hold course with the compass, not respecting the variation. It is so full of eyes that you will hardly think it. All this day, for the most part, it was fog and cold. The seventh, clear but cold weather. In the morning, the wind was at the north. From the last evening to this morning, we set sail and kept our course west and by south, fifteen leagues. From morning to eight o'clock in the evening it was calm, then we had the wind again at north, and we sailed till nine o'clock next morning west-south-west, eight leagues. Then, the wind being west and by south, we went north and by west, three leagues, and we had the sun at the highest south-south-west, in the latitude of 71 degrees two minutes. The eight, fair weather. At noon we had the wind at east-north-east. We stood north three leagues till four o'clock. Then, the wind being at west and by north, we stemmed north and by west one league and a half, till six o'clock in the evening, 
Then the wind was at northeast a hard gale, and we stood till next day at noon, west and by north, by a count three and twenty leagues. We had the sun on the meridian south and by west, half a point nearest west, in the latitude of seventy degrees forty-one minutes. The ninth, clear weather, from this to the next day at noon, we sailed southwest and by west twelve leagues, and northward three leagues. And in these courses had these soundings, forty-one, forty-two, forty-six, forty-eight, and forty-five fathoms. We had the sun south and by west, half a point to the west part of the compass. The sea was lofty, our latitude was seventy degrees, twenty minutes. The tenth, clear but close weather. From this day till next day noon, we had little wind at west-northwest. By account, we made our way five leagues northeasterly. We had the sun at the highest on the south and by west point, and a terse westward in the latitude of 70 degrees 55 minutes, and I think we had a rustling tide under us, and in this time had sounding between 45 and 40 fathoms white sand. The eleventh, clear weather, from this to the next day at noon, little wind at north, northeast, and sometimes calm. We sailed west and by north, by account, five leagues, and had the sun on the meridian on the south and by west point, one-third west, in the latitude of 70 degrees, 26 minutes, and found a rustling under us. This forenoon we were come into a green sea, of colour of the main ocean, which we first lost the 8th of June, since which time we have had a sea of black-blue colour, which both by the last and this year's experience, is a sea pestered with ice. The twelfth, fair weather. From noon to midnight, we had the wind shifting between the north and west. Our course was between west-northwest and south-southwest. Then we had the wind at south. We sailed till the next day at noon, west and by north, thirteen leagues. We accounted our way from the last day till this day noon westward, 18 leagues. This afternoon we saw more porpoises than in all our voyage of four. The 13th, close weather. In the afternoon, having much wind at south, with short sail we stood away west and by north, till 8 o'clock in the evening. Then we had the wind at south, but most times calm till noon the next day. We stood away as a four, four leagues, which made in all twelve leagues. We had the sun, ere it began to fall, south and by west, in the latitude of seventy degrees, twenty-two minutes. The fourteenth. We stood west-northwest till midnight, seventeen leagues. Then the wind scanted and came at west. We stood north-northwest, one league and a half. Then, the wind being more southerly, we sailed west-northwest five leagues. From the last till this day at noon, our way was out of diverse courses north-west and by west, four and twenty leagues. We had the sun beginning to fall at south and by west, in the latitude of seventy degrees, fifty-four minutes. The fifteenth, fair, but towards night, like to be stormy with thunder the wind between south and south-southeast. 
from this till the 16th day at noon, our course was west and by north, seven and twenty leagues, and the sun then began to fall at south, three quarters of a point westward, in the latitude of 70 degrees, 42 minutes. The 16th Fair Our way was from this till next day at noon northwest, twelve leagues, out of diverse courses, and we had the wind shifting, sometimes at east, at west-southwest, and west and by north. The latitude by a bad observation, 71 degrees, 44 minutes. The 17th in the forenoon fair, the wind being at west and by north. At four o'clock this morning we saw land bear off us, west and south-southwest, which was about Ward House. This afternoon we had a storm at west and by north. We laid it to try till eight o'clock in the evening and then set sail with the wind between west-northwest and northwest. Our course till the next day at noon was southwest and by south, twelve leagues. The Cape Hopewell bore off us south-southwest and we were four or five leagues from land. The 18th, gusty with rain all the forenoon. Then we had the wind shifting till next day at noon from south-south-east to east and south-east. Our course in general was north-west, four and twenty leagues. Then did North Keene bear off us west half a point southward, being from us four leagues. And the North Cape in sight, bearing west and by north, etc. The 7 and 20th, cold with rain and storm. This night we began to burn candle in the betacle, which we had not done since the 19th of May. By reason, we had always day, from thence till now. The 30th, we had the sun upon the meridian due south, in the latitude of 68 degrees 46 minutes. Whereby, we found us to be afore our ship 10 or 12 leagues, and low foot, bore east of us, but not in sight. The 7th of August I used all diligence to arrive at London, and therefore now I gave my company a certificate under my hand of my free and willing return, without persuasion or force of any one or more of them. For at my being at Nova Zembla the 6th of July, void of hope of a northeast passage, except by the Waygats, for which I was not fitted to try or prove, I therefore resolved to use all means I could to sail to the northwest. Considering the time and means we had, if the wind should friend us, as in the first part of our voyage it had done, and to make a trial of that place called Lumley's Inlet, and the furious overfall by Captain Davis, hoping to run into it an hundred leagues, and to return as God should enable me, but now having spent more than half the time I had, and gone but the shortest part of the way, by means of contrary winds, I thought it my duty to save victual, wages and tackle, by my speedy return, and not by foolish rashness, the time being wasted, to lay more charge upon the action than necessity should compel. I arrived at Gravesend, the 6th and 20th of August. So at the end of this journey... Henry Hudson pretty much decided there was no point going any further and that it was better therefore just to get back as quickly as possible and save on supplies and wages. Now a few places are mentioned in this episode such as Ward House and Cape Hopewell 
and they both refer to the most northerly part of Norway, Wardhouse being an island, and Cape Hopewell being on the mainland. As they head back down the Norwegian coast, they pass the Lofoden Islands once again, although they do not see them, and they're called the Lowfoot Islands here. Hudson also hasn't made too much of a fuss of being in the land of the midnight sun, but he does note here when he starts to have to use candles again, as the sun begins to set beneath the horizon for the first time in days if not weeks. Henry Hudson has finished his second voyage, but now is determined to try again. Next time, however, he wants to explore to the west, and he seems to be alluding to the Niagara Falls, although I'm not sure of that, but certainly the aim of Henry Hudson's next journey seems to be to explore the North American coast, and particularly to find a river and head up it. Now perhaps you can already guess which river that will eventually be, as Hudson's more famous and consequential and dramatic adventures will begin with the next journey. And it's interesting to see right at the end of this particular journey just a hint of foreshadowing. It could easily go unnoticed, but right at the end Hudson says, I gave my company a certificate under my hand of my free and willing return, without persuasion or force of any one or more of them. So it's just interesting to take note here that Hudson has had to sign a document to say that he hasn't returned because of a mutiny, he's returned because he had to give up on the aims of his voyage. And it's perhaps a sign of the times that when a ship returns unexpectedly in this way without having completed its voyage, that such documents have to be signed, in order presumably to exonerate the men on the boat of having forced the captain to return. And anyone who knows the full story of Henry Hudson, without giving any spoilers, will know that this little detail is just a hint of foreshadowing of events that will eventually take place. And as such, I'd like to repeat my plea made in the last episode, with some key events in early North American history about to be recounted in the next episode. Please do share this episode, and like it if you can, and if you know of any like-minded people who might be interested in these episodes, please do let them know. No obligations, of course, just a thank you for listening. This was Henry Hudson, Journey 2, Part 4, Leaving the Land of the Midnight Sun. Goodbye.